Hello and welcome to Jade's Voice. I'm your host Jade. Tonight's episode is going to be about the New Year, guys. New Year's resolutions. Um, if you keep them, New Year's traditions. Are people still following them? Um, and <coughs> oh, excuse me. I want to talk about my family and myself. Okay, my resolution and my family's and. Um, how long did it take for it to be broken or if it's still going? Okay. Let me turn my television down because I was watching Batwoman. Uh, and it was really good. It's a good series. Um, my only pet peeve was um, they made Batwoman um, part of the LGBT. TQ community um, and I didn't think they needed to do that to show her strength as a woman um, I think as in the story they should just had her as Batwoman and if they wanted to show she was in a community that they could have done that later on in the story but to lead with that it kind of makes it seem like oh she had to be part of the community in order to be Batwoman so it's kind of you know it's it's a touchy thing with me and I just I feel like a woman's strength is her strength regardless of her sexual orientation a strong woman is a strong woman so um, you know I don't think they should have led with that right but hey you know I'm not part of DC Comics you know the people came up with it I guess it was tested and people didn't even really look at it that way. The people who were in the community looked at, okay, they got a superhero, uh, you know, a positive role model superhero um, that's openly in the LGB, uh, in the community. I'm going to just say community because I forget the the letters. I'm, I'm 45. I'm going to 46 this year. And, you know, I have family members who are part of the community. But it wasn't something that I had to learn on a daily basis because my family is my family, right? I love them. I don't put a title on them. They're just my family. You know, they part of the community. That's that's them. You know, I'm, I'm not in their bedrooms. I don't have to worry about what they do behind closed doors. That's their that's their lifestyle. That's how they live, right? I love them, and that's all that matters. So, I'm I'm I haven't made myself politically correct when it comes to um the terms and and um abbreviations right but i can say that uh you know it's a good show it's a good series i mean hbo max having on their hub their dc hub um i won't take it away from that at first it was a little redundancy in the first like two episodes but then it started getting a, a good plot twist i figured out who who the villain was um in there you know who she was as far as being related to the batgirl and her dad um you know so it's just so back to you know i, I figured out who the villain was and everything uh, like right away, I knew 
<clears throat> as soon as the villain showed itself, um, I was able to piece it together. So I'm a person that can piece together movies and storylines pretty quickly um, in series and figure out things. And a lot of times I get bored with them and don't even watch them to completion because of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, on the scale of 1 to 10, I'll give it about a 6, 7. Okay, so back to the topic uh, at hand, which is our New Year's resolutions. Resolutions, resolutions. As for me, I made a re New Year's resolution not to eat any sweets. Only eat my Nutrisystem meals only. Nutrisystem snacks only. I invested money in this stuff and I have not kept my word. One week into the new year and I already, I can say day two of the new year, I broke my new year's resolution. I didn't have my heart into it. I didn't mean it. I didn't say it with conviction. I didn't say it with intent of not actually going past my resolution of not actually keeping up with my resolution right when you make your new year's resolution you have to do it with intent right you have to have intent behind your words and mean it and mean it with your heart if you just make a resolution just to make it it's not going to come out right so you know my daughter oh uh-uh. I'm going to wear my thermal suit. I'm going to wrap my stomach with some plastic wrap. And I'm going to not order out anymore. Uh-uh. This is it. This is my last time ordering out. Now, that was before New Year's. Since New Year's, she's ordered out three or four times. Okay? Um, Some was, like, junk fast food, like burgers, fries. Uh, Some was not. Um, I'm a person that if I order out... I don't like fries and burgers like that. I'm more of a beans, rice, meat, vegetables type person or fish, uh, vegetables, uh, pasta or just fish and vegetables. Um, sometimes I don't feel like having uh, pasta or rice with it. Um, and I especially grilled vegetables. Those are my favorite. Um, I'll have something like that, you know. Um, but it's still not my Nutrisystem meal. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do the McDonald's and Burger King and all that kind of stuff a lot. No, I don't do that. I don't like that. I like food food. So, I splurged on myself um, this week. I just left. Because um, today is Sunday. So, if you hear noise in the background, I am so sorry. Like, Destiny is up. You know, I have an autistic toddler. My teens are up because it was Saturday and they feel like they don't have to go to sleep. Uh, and Destiny was in there brushing her teeth and Mary helped her. Good job. Here, baby. Um, and that's the noise. Um, and she was up and Destiny has not been feeling the best. Um, because she had some Mike and Ike candies. But she had the tropical fruit a couple of days ago. And she's been breaking out ever since. Um, Destiny is very sensitive to certain things. She's very allergic to things, certain things she cannot have. Um, she's allergic to dairy. Um, she can't have a, a small bits of dairy at a time. Or she'll start breaking out with bumps, fine bumps all over her. Um, red blotches. She's a very fair-skinned child. Um, and she's never gotten hives. 
Um, but this time her eyes got puffy under there and stuff like that. So, uh, we couldn't figure out what was, what it was causing the issue. And, you know, she never sat there and ate a gang of candy. She would have a couple of pieces a day, um, out of the box. And I had, she was getting no dairy whatsoever, right? No, no tomato sauce. And so, you know, um, <laughs> I was like, what is breaking her out? She hasn't had anything acidic. I mean, I cut out all the citrus, no oranges, no nothing. Um, I didn't give her any strawberries. Um, you know, and that was like really irking her because her favorite thing to eat is fruit. Um, and she loves Hot Pockets. And the reason I allow her to eat Hot Pockets is because you have bread, you have meat, and you have cheese, right? So you have three of the food groups and then she loves fruit um and then the vegetables and also from the tomato sauce so you know actually it's four food groups in one um thing and she's a very finicky child and we were just like panicking like oh my gosh what's breaking her out she's getting more and more hives she's itching more i mean eyes but she's getting more and more bumps she's itching then she started having puffy eyes right and I'm freaking out as a parent. I'm like, oh my. So I called the pediatrician and they were like, well, um, you would need to, you know, chill out with certain things, cut out stuff. I was like, I've already done it. I've already done it. Then I thought about it. Oh my gosh. The only new thing was the tropical fruit, Mike and Ike. Um, she never really had more than three of those before. And because she was getting like, five pieces in a day for a couple of days in a row that was the culprit cut it out she stopped developing more but she have to be on benadryl children's trouble benadryl to keep reactions down um and if she have anything that is triggering to her allergies even if it's small amounts it will make her break out because um she was fighting this from having that stuff in her system. I have the Blueberry Children's um, Virtual pedi Pediatrician thing. So I'm going to contact them um, uh, this morning. I'm not, you can hear, I'm not going to sleep in no time soon. So about 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, I will contact them um, and speak to them um, because her, pedi you know, her doctor's office is closed. It's not like they're doing no virtual visits over the phone. Um, and they can actually look at her and, you know, see and we can discuss things. It can be, a, you know, a virtual visit with the camera and everything. Um, I suggest people who have children investing in that because it's $18 a month. Um, and then they send you a um, thermometer and different stuff like that. Um for you hold on a minute baby for you to um check on the kids and check if they have a temperature or you know different things of that nature so um and it's it's 18 dollars a month you get virtual visits um you can text and pictures um you know if you don't want to be on camera um and just do so it, it's it's really good to have and it's for 
kids up to I think 18 years of age. Um, if you're a parent, I really suggest you invest $18. And, and if your kid needs a script or anything like that, they can do it. As long as it's not nothing they need to go into, you know, the hospital or the doctor's office for um, like lab work or anything like that, you know, anything of emergency basis, of course, you just go straight to the emergency room. You don't know, have to worry about that kind of stuff. But um, as far as um, small things, uh, urgent care things that can be handled with virtual visits, they're great. Um, and it's, it's really good. And it's economical. And um, most of the doctors, what they do is they actually, what state you're in, and they get a doctor from your state. So say parents who have Medicaid or Peach Care or Well Care, whatever it is your state has, um, if you get aid from the state as far as health care, which almost every American does, um, oh, I'll be back. hold on one second, guys. She knocked down my level machine that cost over $300. Okay, so good news, it still works. I had to stop my podcast. I'm recording this to check on my level oil machine. My heart dropped down. Oh, to my stomach, it came back up with this. Listen, oh my gosh, you guys. Oh, you know. And to make it so bad, she went and stood. She walks on my dresser. What? What? Walks on. It's a little one, so she was easy to get, you know, step from the bed right to the dress. But the point is, why? And it was in the corner in the back. I mean, it was pushed back against the wall um, next to the light switch. You know, it wasn't where it was in the middle or so. Chilling, not bothering nobody. Here comes destiny. I was trying to talk and do the podcast and wave her down off the dresser, you know, but didn't work out and I was getting ready to pause it and it, it just it just it fell so um you know anybody who listens to my podcast they know real life like I have a house full of my children right it's just me and my children live in this house um and <laughs> at any time morning noon or night someone is up there's something going on um, especially with my children being homeschooled. Um, so, you know, I just try to <laughs> record at odd hours when it's not really a lot of noise. Um, but it's still usually some activity. And the reason Destiny is up now is because she went to sleep earlier because she had uh, some Benadryl. Children's children Benadryl. Um, hey, little girl. Back over here. No, ma'am. She had some children's trouble Benadryl. And it put her to sleep a little early t- this evening. And she had to get up so she can eat dinner and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, she wanted some ice cream. Uh, she had been up for hours and had her dinner, all that kind of stuff. And I had some Pedialyte popsicles in the freezer. So instead of a sugary, you know, she got a Pedialyte popsicle, which is not going to hurt her since she already having that little, you know, dealing with a little issue anyway. Um, and, you know, she's been sleeping a little more than normal, so she's not drinking as much as she normally would. So it, it, it helped her more than hurt her, right? Um, <laughs> so 
And that's why she was brushing her teeth because she had the popsicle. And yes, it's like four in the morning, <laughs> my time. And everybody in my household was up except for my oldest child. Um, she's asleep. Um, you know, she went to bed at a decent time. But my night owls, uh, my younger two teens are up because, um, you know, I have a four year old, 10 year old. Uh, 15, 16, 19, and 20. I have six children. Um, and the 15 and 16 year old on the weekends act like they don't understand what sleep means, right? So, my 19 year old doesn't live with me, um, but she lives with me financially, meaning um, I still, you know, I was still financially responsible for her, even though she was not in my house. Um, she, I'm proud of her. She got a job. Um, she's, you know, she's working. She's in training right now. Uh, she listened to her mom and she's actually doing the right thing. So, um, you know, next <laughs> is her starting to pay me back all those loans and mom, I'll pay you back. I'm going to work. I'll be working. Oh, I have this job. Oh, I got this job, mom. And da, da, da. And then she's not working like a week later. I'm like, where do you get that from? She doesn't get that from me. She really doesn't. Um, and <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything about that. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, I have a strong worth ethic. Um, I am very resourceful and I don't let, I don't drop the ball. Right. I'm going to say that. I shared my life with a person who's no longer here. I'm not going to speak ill of, of the deceased, but we didn't have the same drive and get up and go. Um, we were the same sign, but we weren't the same. We were completely opposite, completely different people. Right? Um, so, I'm going to leave that at that. But, <laughs> anyway, back to the focus of the podcast before that debacle happened um and <laughs> i was actually talking about um the blueberry children's um virtual now not only for children they have virtual for parents and children and it's like i think 12.99 a, a month um and it's what is it case something let me look it up wait a minute let me look at my phone because I had that for myself, um, and it was where, you know, if anything went on with me, uh, K-Health was the name of it. And I, I couldn't get into my doctor's office. My mobility was bad. Anything, you know, I can reach out to them and be like, hey, this is going on with me. You know, what do I need to do? Blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And when they first started, they were good. But then they started changing things. Um on there and what I need to do is tell you that you need to research and find um, different ones I found one that they'll do a script for you and they'll do a 90-day script like blood pressure medications anything like that and if you are on any blood pressure medications and you use Walmart or Publix pharmacy a lot of them are free or four dollars a month so you really are not and if you use good rx on top of that you're really paying pennies for your medications that you you know you need um 
And like me, um, I'm going to have to call one tomorrow to get a refill of my blood pressure meds before I'm out, right? Because I really can't make it into my doctor's office. And I'm going to ask my doctor's office for a virtual visit because I physically can't get in there right now. And I need them to write some scripts so I can get into the office, right? And come for a full visit. Um, if they'll do the televisit with me, I would greatly appreciate it. And I will have the things I need so I can be able to get in there, right? Um, the reason, back to my New Year's resolution. The reason my New Year's resolution was made was because I had started slacking off. I had lost 37 pounds. I was on a good track for things. Um, I was using my little exercise thing, the little ones that move your knees. Um, and it went with a forward motion instead of the side motion like they when they have for people with arthritis the one i should have gotten it cost less than the one i got um you know that little machine believe it or not i was sitting on the edge of my bed uh in front of my bed and it's a lot of space right there and it was i was using it and stuff and my knees and about three minutes in was like uh-uh you need to stop. I mean, pain, pain. Because I've been off um, anti-inflammatories for, ooh, over six months. Um, the reason being is because I was on diclofenac for a couple of years in a row. And I was having some unwarranted side effects. And my body got used to the dose, so they had to up it. They went from 50 to 75. And then from 75 to 100. And this over the course of about five five years or so, right? Um, so within five years, I had to virtually double my dose. I was like, nah, uh -uh, it's time for me to get off cold turkey. So when I start taking it, I could go back to the lower doses because the higher the dose, the more the side effects. Of course, um, I'm not a person to take narcotic medications, even though I have chronic pain conditions. I have rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, seriotic arthritis, right? Um, and those are very debilitating. Uh, each one of them on their own and to have all three together, you know, it's not fun. You have all kind of inflammation. Um, your body is extra sensitive, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So um, when I say extra sensitive, I mean, I have a toddler, you know, and if I'm sitting up sleeping, because a lot of times I can't lay down to sleep because of, you know, the pain uh, laying down the pressure on my body. Um I'll wake up and it feel like someone's cutting into my thigh with a knife. Well, she got into some animal crackers or graham crackers and it's little bitty crumbs on the side of my leg that feel like Ginzu Ginzu knives just stabbing the crap out of me. So, you know, like your body's extra sensitive, like its own, it's oversensitive all the time without anything to numb it. Well, I make my own oils and tinctures, CBD. Um, sometimes CBD and THC, I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, and it's for topical use. Um, I have made gummies with um, tincture, uh, CBD gummies for pain and, you know, to help you relax and help with inflammation and stuff. It's really good for that. Um, and I'll have to take it on a daily basis for it to actually work the way I need it to. I can't do that. I'm highly sensitive to medications, right? Um, that's the reason I don't take narcotic meds. I'm too sensitive to meds. A half of a five milligram Percocet, five milligram, 
Have me sleeping for so many hours, it makes no sense. Okay? I have no life. I can't live like that, right? Now, I made this tincture and um, mixed it with some some CBD oil um, and I hadn't used that on my skin before. And the reason I, I'm, the CBD oil is made with coconut oil, so uh, it's very moisturizing and good for your skin. It's a good ratio because looking at it in the mason jar, you can't tell it's two separate liquids. If you shake it, it looks like you're making the salad dressing, like it emulsifies. So it's a really good ratio. Um, so it keeps the skin lubricated, but it also gives that kick of fast pain relief. Guys, my slow self <laughs> poured it in my hand because I was in so much pain. My right shoulder and arm, my bicep, tricep, um, my elbow, my wrist, my hand, just the whole right side. I was just in so much pain. I was in agony at my knees. I was miserable and I just wasn't thinking and poured it in my hand and slapped it on my knees and then went for my shoulder. And then when I ran out, I put some more in it. Who knowing I hadn't used this mix before and I was supposed to literally sanitize my hands, lean the mason jar over, stick two fingers, just the tip parts of the fingers, not the whole finger part, you know, just the tip in and then apply it to the area and then get more if needed, right? That's not what I did. I poured it. I poured it in my hand. Oh my goodness. Why did I do that? Shh. Oh my gosh. Why did I do that? Sorry about that, guys. Um, something came on. I uh, triggered destiny. Like I said, I do have an autistic uh, toddler. Uh, certain thing, images come on television. You know, it makes her. Um, you know, have an episode. Some people say call it spazzing out, or you know, she gets fr afraid of things, and it can be something she's seen before, but it can just trigger her, um, and that's something that um, parents of autistic children have to deal with. Um, but <laughs> like I was saying, so I just slathered it on there, not paying attention to the dosage. I was just in pain. I w tears just running down my eyes. It was in the middle of the night. I was exhausted. I ha hadn't been able to sleep for like two days. And honey, when I tell you that was a mistake, I cannot stay woke. I didn't eat for like 19 hours. I barely had anything to drink while I was up. I tried to sip water or gate, you know, um, Gatorade Zero, sugar for Gatorade or Powerade Zero um, without the sugar. But, you know, all the other benefits to it. Oh, my gosh. When I say I was so messed up for like two days straight, it didn't make no sense, right? So, <laughs> I've learned how to use it, right? Um, I did what I said, the fin two finger method, and rubbing on the area where it's pain. And if I have to go back two or three times with just a little bit from my fingertips and to cover the area, that's fine because I have multiple areas I need to cover. So I'm trying to use as minimal amount on each area as possible because the overall effect is going to be from the total amount applied, not 
the amount applied to each area, right? And that's a lot of people who use topicals and they buy these strong CBD creams. Um, and some of them don't be just CBD. Trust me when I tell you, it'll say CBD cream and it'll tell you that they don't, they don't, they can't control how much THC is in there and they don't officially know how much THC is in there. That's why it's important to make your own. Um, if you cannot afford a level machine, if you cannot afford a magic butter machine, if you can't afford um, afford the 420 machine, they sell them cheap on Amazon. Um, the cheapest way is to get mason jars and some foil and have a fine mesh strainer that go over a four cup measuring cup, right? You want to have a big measuring cup. Um, I'm going to tell you why. You would take your CBD flower, whatever flower you use is your choice. You're an adult. You make your own decisions. Um, but I suggest CBD if it's for pain and stuff, right? Inflammation. You would line a oven-safe baking dish with foil. Use scissors. Cut up your flower. Put it in there. Uncovered. 250. And make sure you set your timer for 20 to 25 minutes it's called decarbonization right you're going to do is activate those oils that's going to give the benefits to what you need okay you'll get a mason jar you'll put the flour in and then you will fill it with coconut oil right people will be like oh get the mzt oil that's just coconut oil right it's a higher grade i always use high grade organic um food grade right coconut oil because it's already an mzt and the liquid one is the mzt you don't have to go and get these you know what they call specialty products i'm using my quote fingers um they sell it right at walmart like it's inexpensive you can even have it delivered to your house but no problem so um everything you need can come from one store the mason jars and everything so you'll put the lid on there and um, if you don't have the rack, like the canning racks um, to put in the pot, you could just put a, a rack on the bottom of the pot, right? Like double or triple fold the rack so that the glass doesn't come in direct contact with the bottom of the pan. That's very important. And you'll put your water on medium to low heat, right? Um, I suggest if you're going to do it, make at least two to three mason jars at a time. It's going to take about two hours, two and a half hours to actually uh, become the oil you need to be infused. And then and your house will not smell like you're infusing oil uh, with this method. Um, the decard process, it will. Unless you have an oven safe, like a Dutch oven or something like that, and you align it with foil so your Dutch oven doesn't get that scent um, infused into the material itself um, and cover it like that, you know, and put it in an oven. You can do that, and then your it'll still smell, but not as bad, right? Um, if you live with you and your family and you don't have to worry about it, you're not in an apartment or anything, you're in a house, you don't have to worry about it like that, you know. But you have to do the decard process for this to work. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. They sell decard machines. They're kind of inexpensive. 30, 40 bucks. Um, when I, before I upgraded to the level machine, I had a decard in the 420. I still have it, as a matter of fact. Um, 
I'm sorry, baby. Um, but, uh, you know, in the decarb, it didn't have my house smelling, but the room that I used it in was smelling. And I chose to do it all in my room. Like, I just got one of the folding dinner trays um, and set everything up on there. It had my extension cord. And, you know, I did everything by my bedside. You know, psh. Whole house didn't smell like it. My room smelled like it a little bit when I was decarbing, but it wasn't a lot because a decarb has a cover, right? Um, and when you use the, the 420 machine, don't smell it. The mason jar, the same thing, is sealed. So it's not going to be smelling throughout your home. Now, when you open it, you're going to get a waft of it, of course, but it's not going to be like a lingering, never go away smell. Um, if you have children, you don't want them knowing what you're doing because you don't want them to get the wrong idea because you're doing it for medicinal purposes. And it's CBD. You don't want them thinking it's something else. I would suggest you um, go ahead and do it either when they're asleep or at school or not at home. So then, you know, after you... Um, get everything together you know and decide your schedule whatever if you don't care you're open family like mine because see um i have children with certain health situations to where they actually um benefit from the cbd gummies um, i make sure it's cbd flour i buy it myself i make the stuff myself um and the cbd oil and stuff to rub on your skin uh, my son had a major back surgery last year or uh, february right um he had not only a spinal fusion because he had uh, scoliosis but he has uh rods in his back like to keep it straight from because when they fused it and did the metal no, things in no, there no. um it didn't stay together um and it didn't stay straight it was curving back because they've been curved for a while right and um they had to put rods so he has a lot of pain in his back at times uh, they say he's not supposed to have pain but he does um and i can say that the uh oils help a lot with his back but the gummies help better right because his back gets sensitive so it's hard to even apply the topical to help him so the cbd gummy if you have one gummy um i make it for his, you know his strength for his body size age and everything like that dosage um it makes it possible for him to get the oil put on right without the gummy you can't touch his back sometimes so um sometimes it's where the topical works by itself right um and you don't have to worry about nothing else and uh, just, I don't know, it's just, I have one child that has fibromyalgia like me, my oldest, um, and her body is very sensitive, and at times, you know, you can't even touch her, her arm or her upper back like mine, um, so, and but she's sensitive to medications as well, and she's like, uh-uh, no mom, you tricked me, and you know, she, she is autistic, she's my oldest child, um, she was a preemie at 25 and a half weeks, right? Um, that's for her. So she had Asperger's. Uh, they they put everything on the autism spectrum. That sh they just made it one thing, right? So they're having all these separate names. So 
Um, and my youngest child is on the spectrum because when I was pregnant with her, I couldn't take anything. None of my medications I was on for arthritis, none of the anti-inflammatory, none of the stuff. Eat the steroids that helped nothing because I was pregnant. I was 40 years old. So much pain. It was ridiculous. The first one I got in pregnancy, I was in so much pain. I was crying every day. Um, and it takes a lot, lot, of, lot to make me cry. What they did was give me Percocet. They said it was safe to take. Only thing what happened is she might have an issue with her heart. But because I was already at a high risk clinic and, and, you know, doctor. And I was going to my regular doctor. I had like three different doctors I had to see throughout my pregnancy. And um, it was where, you know, they were monitoring it. I got ultrasounds on a regular basis anyway, right? No one told me about my child could come out autistic. No one told me how she could come out and be having side effects from it. Even though I barely took it, right, because I was scared. Cause, but I had to because I like had no other choice. And the only other thing they was offering was methadone. I'm like, crazy. Trying to make me into an addict? I'm not, you know, like crazy. So, you know, I just, oh my gosh. It hurt me to take it. Like, I was upset and I was like, What's going to do to my baby? You know what happened there? You know. And her dad was like, Todd, you have to take it. Like, babe, you have to take it. You and all this pain. You know, you can't, in your pain level, when you stress, you're stressing a baby. You know, like, what are you going to do? So I decided out, I started out with less than a half didn't work I had to take a half of one yes it helped me rest yes it helped with my pain but I felt so guilty for taking it I was stressed anyway but not as much as I was when I was in all that pain um I was assured she would be fine nothing was wrong everything looked great she didn't get the heart defect that some you know babies you know develop while they're um in utero and on it was such a lie such a lie you know, um, it did not happen, right? It did not happen the way they said. I, she was not fine. She came out. She was in a special NICU. She was having breathing issues. She was four weeks early now, but not early enough to have breathing issues, right? They had her on oxygen. They had her on IV. They was giving much of antibiotics, and she didn't even need it. She didn't have any kind of infection, but they didn't know that until the blood culture came back and stuff like that. And they still could not figure out why she had those breathing issues. And I told them, I said, in my chart, it said that I took Percocet during the later months of my pregnancy because I have chronic pain conditions. I didn't take the whole dose that it had listed. I took half that and I didn't even take it every day. The doctor said, thank you. Do you know they didn't even have the information in her chart for us? I was like, what? Okay. It surprised me because the hospital had all my records from my doctor's office. That was across the street from the hospital. My OBGYN. They were awesome. Um, they're in New Jersey. Freehold, New Jersey. And... The two African American OBGYN female 
you know, to African-American female OBGYNs, I should have said, right, obstetricians. Honey, they are awesome sauce. Both of them rock, right? And I know the hospital had my records because my doctors are affiliated with that hospital. They came over to do my surgery at C-section at the hospital. I'm at a C-section and tubal ligation. I had um, the trifecta, you know. I had them clipped, tied, and burnt. Or burnt and tied, whichever, you know, order they do them in. That's what I had. Um, I wanted to make sure no more children were coming. When she was born, I told her auntie and her grandmother when they came to see her at the hospital, I said, you guys better enjoy her. This is the last of the Mohicans. And they laughed at me. They were like, what? You got your tubes tied? I said, yes, I got my tubes tied. I said, I love my child. She's beautiful. But this was a, oops. <laughs> I didn't think I could have any more kids, baby. Okay. I had one five years, no children. I, they had started doing the tube on me with my child before her. But my vitals weren't good. They had, gave me, they had, I had gotten too much medication on my spinal. Um, and when I say I was in, not in good shape, my blood pressure had plummeted. My body core temperature plummeted. Um, they had me with like four or five bags of IV. Like two on each arm and one somewhere else. You know. Um, and trying to bring my blood pressure up um and because I, I refused blood products um and also i was under this thing that i had never seen before right and when i explained it to people they was like wait that's for people who have hypothermia they had the metal now i did see the metal like the foil type blanket um but i didn't see a blower that size that magnitude on a patient like i've seen it in movies and stuff like that not in real life um and I was under it for a while. And I was freezing while I was under it. They were trying to bring my core temp back up. My body temp back up. Um, the anesthesiologist had given me way too much anesthesia. And after all of that traumatic nonsense. My asthma started bothering me. Right. Uh, after I got in my room. I was in there about a couple of hours. Woke up. You know, I went to the bathroom and I started having coughing fits. My heart was racing like crazy. Um, my resting heart rate was very high. And they had to give me breathing treatments because my asthma, but my heart rate was already high. And they were scared. They had doctors, all these doctors stuff was around me. I was freaking out. They were like, our heart rate is too accelerated. We need to calm her down. I saw somebody thumping the thing. Went to my IV tubes, and next thing you know, I was waking up. I was freaking out because I was going through uh, MRI, closed MRI. And they put me in while I was still kind of sedated, and they weren't supposed to do that. That's not standard practice, but, you know, I guess they were like, it's an emergency situation, so standard practice was out the window. Um... The guy was like, are you sure you want me to take you out? 
I was like, man, if you don't hurry this up. He was like, I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. Take some slow deep breaths. Give me two minutes. Two minutes. Some two minutes felt like an eternity in there. You understand? I'm claustrophobic. So I bit my tongue. I was I was very claustrophobic. Let me put it that way. I was very claustrophobic. Um, and it was not nice. It was not a nice experience to wake up to. Um, <laughs> whoo. Memories, flashbacks, boy, I tell you. So, you know, that went that way. Right. And that child, the hospital broke a clavicle. Um, I tried to sue them. Right. Lawsuit. Not only for the broken clavicle, but because I went there a month straight contractions back to back. But because this is I wasn't progressing, they said that it was false labor. I'm like, no, something's wrong. I can't sit down. I can't lay down. I'm in too much pain. Something is wrong. I'm having contractions every day. This is not normal. This is and at the time it was my fifth child. I'm like, I've been through labor five times. You cannot tell me this is normal. My child was wedged down and stuck. The reason I wasn't progressing is because she was too large. She was stuck. Okay. I had actually been in labor for a whole month. At home, no pain meds, suffering through contractions. Not only that, she had pulled my groin muscle and I got a big hernia on the right side of my lower abdomen from you know her being so low she was nine pounds and five ounces she was a big and a bruiser okay uh, my emma she was humongous you know when i had her she like she was about two months old no joke and she was like i mean not just her weight she had really broad shoulders and you know really fat things i mean oh my God, she was just huge. She was really long. It had big feet and big hands. And when I took a picture of her and sent it to my family, because I was living out of state, away from my family. I was in New Jersey. Um, you know, my grandmother, God bless her. My grandmother, Yvette, God bless her soul. I was no longer with us. Um, she, she, I just sent the picture and I was like, look, her name is Emma. Send it to my dad, send it to my grandmother. My grandma's like, who baby is that? I was like, mine. She was like, yours? I didn't hear a baby cry. I was like, I know she was born yesterday. My grandmother laughed. She said, that baby like she about two, three months old. She was born yesterday. It was hilarious. Okay. Um, and I was sore from my, you know, C-section. And I laughed. And I was like, yeah, grandma. She was born yesterday. Um, I was like, well, why you didn't tell us we had to catch her? I said, I wanted to be a surprise. And I wanted to make sure she was healthy. You know, I'm 35, you know, having a child. You know considered advanced maternal age they had broke my baby clavicle getting her out now i knew something was wrong because the whole table was rocking like they were rocking the table trying to get her out my body was shaking she was stuck and wedged in there and they broke her clavicle right now took her to the pediatrician i complained something's wrong they injured my child when she was being delivered oh no no a week after she was born i'm sore hurting you know had my, my i was due to get my staples out I hadn't even gotten them out yet right 
took her to the doctor told her something's wrong i was like when she cried doesn't sound right you know she's something is hurting her she's crying too much oh nothing's wrong nothing wrong a month later you know it's time for her to go back you know i called them every week complaining they told me finally just bring her in bring her in the doctor said oh mom you're right something is wrong she have a book a broken clavicle Oh, really? They finally listened to me and did x-rays and determined she had a broken clavicle. That doctor would no longer see us as patients. He dropped us from our from his roster like I did something to him. He didn't want to be involved in a lawsuit because I had a paper trail showing me complaining about what was going on with my child from the time she was born. Right. Not only that, that that happened, but they messed up her neck. Um, and my daughter had to have surgery at nine months old to repair uh, the muscles in her by her vocal cords and stuff like that. When I told the ENT what happened, and it was an injury from a birth injury. He said, oh, that's not likely. And when I told him what happened with the labor for a whole month, when I told him what happened about how the table was rocking when they were pulling her out, when I told him about they broke her clavicle trying to get her up because she was so far wedged down in the birth canal, she was stuck. He changed his tune. Okay. He was affiliated with the hospital who did it. At first, he was saying, oh, yeah, when I go in there, I could document it. I can make sure you know that that injury came from them. You know, you can do what you need to do. I'll have the proof for you. I don't know what they offered this man or who he talked to. Trying to protect the hospital. He came to me and said, it's no way that could be an injury from birth. That's a birth defect. None of my other children had it. How she's the only child with that birth defect. Oh, different things happen. Different. No, no, no. I got an attorney. And because it was fixed surgically. And after the surgery, they said she should be fine for the rest of her life. They kept telling me I didn't have a case. When I knew better, their injury caused her to have a surgery. And she had to have her food blended in a food processor. For a long time, way after she was supposed to be eating regular solid food, she couldn't do it. It took a while for her, you know, to be able to. So it was a big mess. And I kept trying to get attorneys. When I say those people are crooked in that state, oh my gosh. Then I called the New Jersey Devils for nothing. I'll just say that. Um, Sorry for anyone who's from New Jersey not to offend you. But you know you guys are rude. You know, and a lot of the people from there brag on the rudeness. How Jersey is so rude. How everybody's so rude and nasty. And they think it's something to brag about. Me being a Southern Belle, I was not used to that. And where I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, in Liberty City, the disrespect coming from someone's mouth like that wasn't tolerated. Like, we didn't do all that arguing and yelling and, you know, calling the state, trying to get people children taken. We didn't do all that, you know. 
it was you had to fight or you were running. Fight or flight. Whichever stand you were taking. And I was a fighter. So, and then I went to this state that had no self-defense laws. They have it so you, you don't have and You can't even defend yourself. You get in trouble for defending yourself. So, I'm going to say this. My interaction with an officer there, first and only time, uh, as far as when it came to me, um, was about this young lady who pushed my child. I had just had knee surgery, a torn meniscus repair, and pushed my child the way to put her child on the bus. My neighbor was putting, at the time it was my youngest, I was married, she's 15 now. She was like four and change on the bus. Um, and she came and told me what happened. I confronted her. She thought because I was using a cane, well, actually crutches then, and I had knee surgery a few days before, that that was going to change the dynamic of the situation and she would have the upper hand. She learned the hard way that wasn't true. And when law enforcement was contacted, because there's no self-defense law there, um, police came out, saw me on crutches, saw her face bleeding, thought I hit her with the crutches and I punched her, asked what happened, and I said, I just had knee surgery a couple of days ago. My child, Mary, was trying to get on the school bus. This young lady decides to push my four-year-old out the way to get her child on the bus. They say, what? I said, she physically assaulted my four-year-old child to put her child on the school bus. And said, my children don't get priority. I always think I'm so special. I always get all these privileges. Okay. I confronted her about it. She got loud, disrespectful. I told her, look. I came down here to talk to you as a woman, and I told you, put your hands on my child again. My hands are going to be put on you. Don't even look at it hard. I'm telling you this now. I'm not one of these women from here, and you will not like me in a minute. She pushed me. Knowing I was on crutches, she was trying to make me fall. So when she pushed me and tried to make me fall and tried to hurt my knee that I just had surgery on, I punched her. The officer said, you did that with your fist? I said, yes. He said, her face, you did it with your fist, and you just had knee surgery? Yes. Do you have proof to show you just had knee surgery? Yes. Come on. I took him down to our little two-bedroom apartment we had. I told him, you could come in. They walked in. I got the paperwork that was right there with my medication. Showed him, they said, she just had surgery like four days ago. I said, look, I pulled my, my little dress up so they could see how big my knee was and swollen and stuff. And they saw, you know, the whole, the things in my knee, the scars and stuff like that. Because I just took the dressing off. Because so I was changing my, my, my gauze and stuff when the lady came to my door and told me what happened. They said, you know, you can injure yourself. I said, yes. They said, you sure you didn't hit it with the crutches? I said, I'm positive. I used my fist to defend myself. I didn't use a weapon. I was not going to jail for assault with the weapon. I wasn't making crutches a weapon and getting all these charges put on me. But I'm the injured party. 
And this woman assaulted my child and then assaulted me. And they said, you're not from here, are you? I said, no. Where are you from? And I told them. I showed them my license. Hadn't even got switched over yet. And they said, well, here we don't have a self-defense law. I said, you don't? They said, no. I said, so if somebody come and attack me, I'm supposed to just get beat up and call you guys? And the man started laughing. And the cop was like, no, 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 we didn't say that. But um, depending on the officer, they'll take both of you in. I said, are you kidding me? Oh, I have to leave here. I, I can't stay here. And the man laughed. He said, well, I don't think you're going to have a problem with nobody around here anyway. Because after what you did to this woman with your fist and you just had knee surgery, I don't think they want to be bothered. I said, I don't think so either. They laugh and let me go. She, on the other hand, was about to be put in handcuffs. I said, no, please don't arrest her. They said, are you sure? I said, this woman have innocent children and have nothing to do with their mama craziness that's going to be coming home on a school bus. One go to daycare with my daughter and the other one go to elementary school with my kid, older kids. I said, and, you know, it's not fair to them for them to have to worry about where their mom at and who coming to pick them up or what's going to happen. You know, she didn't got a butt whoop. She learned a lesson. They say, you sure? I said, I'm sure. I don't think it should be bothering me or my children again. I was right. About two weeks later, she moved. <laughs> but, I said, you know, there. What I'm saying is, you know, certain places just aren't for certain people. Um, I learned a lot living there. I was sort of naive because I'm a nice person. And I came from a place, even though it was rough, tough, like people get shot, killed all the time. It wasn't as bad when I was younger, but it was bad. Not as bad as it is now. Um, but we had to fight. You know, you had to fight it. Well, you, you, you stood your ground. And when you show people who you were, they didn't bother you. Like, I didn't have people coming to me, attacking me, or trying to attack me. You know, I was respected. I had a reputation for whooping butt. And no one wanted to bother me. So, um, you know... But it was, you see somebody, good morning, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Good morning. How's your mom? Oh, she's fine. Everybody knew everybody. Well, if they didn't know you directly, knew somebody in your family. Like, you know. And I was used to speaking to people, people speaking back. Not going in the store and seeing an elderly person who may need help, even though I was on the ride cart myself. And, you know, hi, ma'am, how are you doing? You need you want me to get down to show for you? I can get someone to come help both of us. Don't ma'am me. I'm not that old calling ma'am. What's wrong with you? Don't. I mean, got very disrespectful about me being respectful. I was like, huh? You know, and me speaking and people turning those up. I don't know if she's speaking to me for. I don't know her. It was crazy. And I'm like, wait, am I in the Twilight Zone? Am I being punked right now? You know? It was really ridiculous. I was like so floored of how rude people were. And it wasn't just one place. It was like everywhere I went. And I was chipper and happy. And, you know, I did my hair. Uh, I dressed nice. Um, and people looked at me like I was strange. Because they were used to dressing nice and doing their hair. When they were going somewhere only. i never forget... Um, me and my children's father and um, 
a friend of mine, we were out, and me and a young lady went into, got out the car, and we were going into the package store to get, I wanted some daiquiri mix, and I wanted, you know, virgin daiquiris, or put a little wine in mine, I didn't want any, you know, hard alcohol, um, and I was like, why everybody looking at me like this in Neptune, New Jersey, I was like, why everybody looking at me, she was like, honey, it's the middle of the week, it's early, like 7 o'clock at night. They're not used to people being dressed and looking like that unless they're going somewhere. And they want to know where you're going and what's open. And I'm like, what?